Hey, what's great to be back with you today. Thank you for joining us for our online services today. We have a, a very special message in store for you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Steve Hall got to speak at the police memorial uh, that we hosted here at First Baptist Rock Hill. Did an amazing job as he uh, talked about law enforcement and first responders and the importance they play in our community. But not only that, but uh, the impact it has when we lose those servants of our city and of our county at, at, a, at a tragic time. And so you're going to be encouraged by that. Again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you don't mind, reach down there and hit the like button. Uh, come check out the things that is going that are going on at First Baptist Rock Hill uh, by finding our webpage. Uh, just so many things. And we would love that the next time we come together that it would be face-to-face -face on campus if you're possible. So as we get started today, would you pray with me? Father God, we love you. And God, we thank you for even the ability to come together digitally online. And God, we thank you for the tool that you've allowed that to be ha to happen with. And God, I pray that this morning as Pastor Steve steps up and delivers a powerful message, God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, that God, as we leave from this place, as we leave from this message, uh, that we will see things differently than we saw them when we walked in. And God, in doing so, uh, we would bring honor to you. We would bring honor to your kingdom, and we would bring honor to those that we're going to uh, celebrate today. And God, we'll be quick to give you all the praise. Lord, we love you and say these things in the precious name of Christ. Amen. Now, a message from Pastor Steve. I've stood in this pulpit many times over the years, but uh, today is different. And I thank you for the opportunity, for the invitation. I will say when I got the call a couple of weeks ago to speak uh, this year, I was... My first thought was, well, who backed out? And uh, the second thought was, was why? I'm, I'm not a police officer, and normally the speakers have something to do with law enforcement, and that's not me. I'm not a police officer, never have been. Uh, no one in my family is or has been. I know a lot of police officers. I know many of you. Uh, I pastor police officers. I've been pulled over by police officers over the years. Had some different experiences there. I've been pulled over in more than one state um, by state troopers as well as local officers in the daytime and the nighttime. And I want to publicly apologize for all those times I sinned against God and the police by speeding. Um, when I was in college, I remember one, one Thursday, my girlfriend broke up with me, and to make myself feel better, I immediately asked somebody else out, and she said no, and so it was just a bad day, and I decided I was going to cut classes on Friday. I'd go home for the weekend, just head out Friday evening, so I got in my Gentleman Jim GMC pickup truck, got on Interstate 75 in Kentucky, and I was heading home, and I was not in a good mood. My mind was kind of distracted. And some of you will remember in those days, in the 1970s, the speed limit was what? 55. And I was not doing 55, and it was dark. I passed a rest stop. I noticed that. And then a little while later, I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw those flashing blue lights of a state, state trooper, state patrolman. And I was so frustrated. I'm, I'm always obedient when I see those blue lights. I stopped quickly. But that night I stopped really quickly and hard and got over on the side of the road. And I stopped so fast he shot right on by. Don't worry, he came back. 
wrote me a ticket for doing 74 in a 55. And uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I do want to say to all the police officers over the years who've pulled me over, I want to say to all of you, as well as my insurance company, thank you. Because all those tickets and those increasing rates taught me the importance of driving slower. So thank you for that. You know, your, uh, your job is not an easy one. You know that. I want you to know we know that. I know that. The citizens know that. And there's, there's a lot of confusion today in our country about the role of police, the need for police, a lot of questions. Things are changing. There was a, you know, y'all remember back in the day when the FBI would put all the most wanted posters up in the post office? Post office stopped doing that for the most part about 10 years ago. And there was a dad one day took his 11-year-old son with him to the post office, and while he was doing his business, his little boy noticed all those wanted posters. When they got back in the car on the way home, his son asked his dad about those posters, and dad explained, well, you know, the FBI sends those to the post office, and they put those on the bulletin board so the citizens can help us catch, you know, all those bad guys. And the little boy thought about that for a moment. Then he asked, well, why didn't the police just keep them when they took their picture? You know, you understand sometimes when someone is young being confused and having questions, but there's a lot of confusion about a lot of different things today. A lot of debate. Um, And it's always true that we can always do things better and we can always learn and we can always improve. We can always reflect on things. But one thing that is really, really clear, always has been and still is, is we need you. We need police. We need law enforcement. We need people to work in the solicitor's office in the criminal justice system. And the places in our country that are forgetting that and cutting back in those areas are realizing today in a fresh way just how needed you really are. And I want to say to you as a, as a preacher because that's what I am, that God makes it clear in Scripture we need government, we need law enforcement, we need the criminal justice system. Passage that many of you are familiar with, I'd like to read briefly. Romans chapter 13, beginning at verse 1, God in His Holy Scripture says, Every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance, the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it, referring to government and everything that's a part of government, is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. It is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on those who practice evil. Now there's a lot packed in to those verses, and if you were here on a Sunday morning, I might take 35, 40 minutes and talk about all of it. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to go for about another 10 minutes or so. Um, but in these verses, 
God does a couple of things. He defines your role. He says, this is what we as citizens have a right to expect from you. He also defines our role as as the public, as citizens, and says, this is what you have a right to expect from us. I want to say something about both of of those. And, and, And the overarching idea is that the idea of government and the the, the things that make up government and you as law enforcement and those of you who are here with the criminal justice system, part of that government, God is the one who established that institution. Now it may look different in different parts of the world, even in different parts of our country, but God is the one who ordained and established that as public, as citizens, as a nation, we need structure, we need government. You're part of that. It's the same way the scripture teaches that God established the institution of the family. God established the institution of the church. And in these verses, when he talks about your role and what we as citizens have a right to expect from you, there's, there's, a, positive, there's a positive side to it and there's, a, there's a, a negative side to it. The positive side in, in, in verse 4, he said that you are a minister of God to us the citizens for good. I think some of you and others sometimes state part of that 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 commission as you exist. Part of your role is to serve and to protect. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. I remember in the 1980s, you mentioned I, I served in, in Sumter after I left Kentucky, and I was in my mid 20s and late 20s, I guess. And Dad was dying with cancer. We made a lot of trips. Over to Columbia, through Spartanburg, Asheville, up to East Kentucky when Dad was dying. And it's about a seven-hour drive uh, one way. And, and uh, I, there was one Friday night, we got a call, and it was my sister. And, she, and, and, you know, this may be it. And so my wife and I put our, our only child at the time, Stephen, who was less than a year old, and put him in the car seat in the back seat, got in the car, left Sumter, and started, started. It was already dark and started to Kentucky. And we were somewhere up here in the mountains where North Carolina and South Carolina come together just south of Asheville. And, you know, I was not, you know, I was, I was, I was grieving and I was driving. And, and I realized at some moment there, there were those blue lights behind me. And so I pulled over. The officer walked up and I rolled down uh, the window and he could tell I was distraught. And yeah, I remember him asking if that was our son or our, our baby in the back, and I said yes. And he said, "What's going on?" And I explained to him, "You know, Dad's dying, and they called me, so we're trying to get home." Here's what I remember, though, most about that conversation: is, is he looked at me, and as he gave my license back to me, he said, "You know, be safe, be careful." He said, I'm going to call ahead. I'm going to radio ahead, so all the officers on up the road will know what's going on and tell them who you are and about your car. Now that was. That was four. That was that was thirty-five years ago. I still remember that. And what I want to say to you is not always the big things. Quite often, it's the little things you do in your interactions with people that does good to them. Don't don't always worry about the big things, because in your life, life is made up of a a whole lot of little things strung together. The good things are thrown in for good measure, right? That's the icing on the cake. 
But in your family and in your your career and just in life, it's it's the day-to-day, the day-to-day, the little things. That is your life. And those little deeds of good, of kindness, of understanding, of service, they make a world of difference. And those of you in this room do that. Now, there's, there's the negative side. He talks about those who practice evil and vengeance and wrath. And you're not part of all of that, the justice system, but you have a hand in all of that. That's the, what we might think of as the negative side. And the truth is, he talks about fear. There's dangerous people in this world. And some of you have seen things I've never seen and I don't want to see. You, 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 you see the underbelly. You see the worst of the worst. And because you do, we as the public don't have to. And that's a burden to bear. I remember as a kid growing up on the farm in Kentucky, it was about a 120-acre farm, and we lived in one house, and my, my, uh, my dad's sister and her family lived in another house on the farm. And one evening, her husband, my uncle, he... You know the difference between a mean drunk and a happy drunk? Okay? I've known both. My dad was a happy drunk. My uncle was a mean drunk. And there's no talking to a mean drunk. And I remember one night, my cousins came running over to our house crying and screaming. And and, uh, their dad was drunk and he was beating his wife, their mom. And I remember, I, I remember this as kids, us hiding, our parents telling us to hide under the bed while my dad and my grandfather with their shotguns went over to check. You, you get the picture? You all walk into situations like that. My wife is a social worker. Now, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I don't want her walking into those situations. But that's your call, isn't it? And that's how you protect my aunt. That's how you protect citizens. And sometimes it goes ugly and deadly real fast. This memorial luncheon, this is being held in part because these people there at your table on this piece of paper walked into one of those moments we're here to remember them we are here to love on their families say they're not forgotten and looking at these tables here at the front You have suffered and continue to suffer. And your loved ones made that ultimate sacrifice in one of those dangerous moments. And I'm one person, but on behalf of the citizens, the public, and others in this room, if your loved one was here, we would say thank you. They're not, so we say it to you. Thank you, and we remember. But we owe, we owe you all some things too. I do, the public does, citizens do. 
And let me say, since I'm a preacher, before I get into what the scripture says, as a pastor, I'd be remiss if I did not say to all the law enforcement personnel in the room today, I owe it to you to say to you, commit your life to Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that, do it now. Because you never know, you know this, you never know when you might be the one walking into one of those dangerous, ugly, deadly moments. Be ready. Be ready. But in this text, we learn just real quickly that we owe you respect. The citizens of our country owe you respect. If government, and by extension, the criminal system and law enforcement is part of government, if that is an institution ordained of God, he says when we don't respect that, we're actually saying something to God that we may not be intending to say. We owe you our respect. And um, we have, and some of you uh, in this room take part in this, we have Rock Hill Police Department officers on site here on Sundays. We pay them when they're off duty. And I have to tell you, I love being out in the lobby on Sundays and watching our people go by and and out of their way and go over and shake the hand of that officer and say, thank you for your service. I see that every Sunday. And I hope it's an encouragement to those officers. It makes me proud. We owe you that. This The scripture teaches that we owe you prayer. We'll pray for you. The same Apostle Paul who wrote Romans 13 also wrote in his letter to a young preacher named Timothy that I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. That includes you. Why? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God. And I want you to know we do pray for you. Just as you pray for one another. And then lastly, we owe you our cooperation. We don't need to make your job harder. We need to make it easier. We owe you our cooperation. And the citizens of our country need to hear that. In Romans chapter 13, which I read a moment ago, in uh, in verse 3, part of what he says is, rulers are not a cause for fear for good behavior. We, we need to do good to make your life and your work so much easier. We don't, we don't always do that. I, I heard about a police officer who pulled a driver over one day, walked up and asked for, as you do, his license and registration. And the driver said, what's wrong, officer? Uh, I didn't run a stop sign, and I know I wasn't speeding. And the officer said, officer said no, no, you weren't. But... You remember when you uh, you passed that lady on the right because she was over in the passing lane and she was going slow and you got frustrated so you passed her on the right. As you passed her, I saw you shaking your fist at her. You know, you know, you you weren't you weren't real happy. And um, and I also noticed you, you remember when that truck just a little bit later that truck cut you off real fast. And I saw how flushed you looked looked in the face and uh, and and how you shouted at him when you sped up to go around him. And when, the, and, and then just a little bit after that, when the traffic backed up because of some congestion and you, you had to stop, I saw you sitting there just pounding with your fist on your steering wheel. And, and the driver said, well, is that a crime? And the officer said, no. But when I saw the, the bumper sticker on your car that said, Jesus loves you and so do I, I just figured the car had to be stolen. <laughs> 
We won't need you in heaven. Did you hear that? We won't need you in heaven. It's going to be a great day. Until then, we need you. And I'm grateful for you. And I just want to say thank you.